0: Hello and welcome to Upward Way. I am your host Marlon Walters. My guest today is a speaker producer at Little Light Studios, Keith Detweiler. Welcome to Upward Way.
1: Thanks for having me, Marlon. Great to be here.
0: The pleasure is mine, and I must say thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule to share with us your story today. So, Keith, where and when did your faith journey begin? Sure.
1: Probably I would say my faith journey began at a, a young age. I remember even as young as four, five and six years old, praying for wisdom like Solomon, because I knew if you had wisdom, you know you could figure out pretty much anything in life. Aside from that, you know, I, I probably had a very typical experience baptized at a young age, 10 years old. It was a week after my 10th birthday. And then from there, things started to be a little different. I don't remember a whole lot, uh, after that, except moving my family moved a lot at 14 years old there, there was a turn in my experience and my family actually left church. My dad had a run in with a pastor and it wasn't pretty. And basically he took him and his whole family out of the church. And then there was no church for us. We didn't do anything. We didn't go anywhere. And it was just, you know, basically everyday kind of life, seven days a week it was that way until I was about 21. And when I got into college, I took a year off between high school and college. So I started college in 19. And I, you know, was there and making friends with some people and realized there were some Christian meetings on campus. I had a friend of mine from Belarus. He was in a chemistry program. That's the program that I was into. And he was a couple of years, my senior, and he's like, Hey, why don't you you know, come to these Christian meetings we have on campus. And I found myself remembering what it was like to go to church and missing that fellowship and missing that experience. So I said, hey, you know, I'm in college, there's free pizza, free fellowship, you know, let's let's go do it. Oh, made friends with the youth pastor there and would attend the meetings and eventually started, you know, helping out in small ways, set up chairs and things like that. And, um, you know, kind of went that way for a couple of years eventually. I met a young lady and this young lady on campus was very unusual compared to some of the others. I frequented one of the lounges on campus. And as I would go into there to just relax, blow off steam, she would be sitting in there because she wanted to get to know the student secretary. The student secretary was dating her brother and she thought, hey, this might be my sister-in-law one day, so I should get to know her. Well. One day I walked in and she was reading her Bible. I thought, well, that's a strange thing for a young lady to do on a college campus because I went to a secular university. Most of the girls I knew, guys I knew, they talked about drinking and partying and things like that. So to have a girl there reading her Bible, I thought, well, that's that's different. And so I started to ask her about what she was reading. And she was trying to reconcile God's love with. The belief that some people have in an eternal burning hell. I didn't have a lot of Bible knowledge at that time, and I felt compelled to find answers anyway, even though I didn't really have a lot of answers. And so I would try to find them without really know what I was doing. Oddly enough, I did stumble onto Romans eight at that time, Romans eight twenty eight and twenty nine, which tells us how deep and wide the love of God runs. I think I remember sharing that with her, but. A lot of things happened, you might say, simultaneously. She asked me some questions in turn, or, or maybe gave me some challenges as a better answer. She told me most people don't know what they believe. They don't know why they believe it. And she listed three other things. I can't remember what they were, but those two in particular really stood out to me. And I started asking myself, do I know what I believe? And do I know why I believe it? It was an unsettling thought. Well, about this same time, I met another young man. And he was in my pre-calculus class. I could tell by the way he was speaking, he was a Christian. In fact, he attended the very same church that I was attending before my family left. And I knew by the way he was talking. So I approached him after class and I said, hey, you know, you're a Christian. And specifically, I knew he was a Seventh-day Adventist. And I asked him that point blank. I said, you're, you're a Seventh-day Adventist, aren't you? And he said, yes, big smile. You know, he said, how did you know? I said, well, I can just tell by the way you're talking to other people. Well, he and I started to become friends. Uh, eventually, he was the best man at our, our wedding. Uh, the young lady that I mentioned is the the lady that I'm married to today. And how all that played out is is a bit of a a long story, which I won't get into. But the part that's maybe more relevant for this Is when we were married early on, I told my wife there were three things I knew that God had laid on my heart. And the things uh, were very specific. I knew I needed to change some of the things that I was eating, I was not being very healthy in my choices. I knew I needed to change what I was watching. And I knew I needed to be able to go anywhere because all three of these conditions that God impressed me with were conditional. Prior to me being in ministry, I had felt this call to ministry from a young age. In fact, when I was 10 or 11 years old after becoming baptized, I remember telling God that I wanted to become an evangelist and that's what I would do. Well, when you're 11 and and you're making these kind of promises to God, you wonder later how you would keep such things. And I actually felt guilty for a little while. Well, as we discussed those things, God actually started to provide the necessary means for those things to happen in the order that they were listed we started coming across some material about lifestyle choices and health choices what we put into our mouths whether it be what we eat or what we drink and we started making much better choices in our life and started eating a lot more healthy foods more whole foods and you know cut out the soda pop and things like that so we felt much better it was about that same time we found out we were pregnant with our first child so we started going down that journey and that was the first thing that that god decided to uh, make plain to us so we, we we followed that path as god opened the doors the next thing was that i needed to stop what i was watching well during the time that we were making these new healthy choices in our lives i was working a job at a chemical plant i was in a laboratory responsible for quality control of herbicides and pesticides. I was working second shift, which for this plant meant I would go into work at one in the afternoon or about traveling to work at one in the afternoon. I think my shift started at two and I would be off work at 10 p.m. So I started becoming more of a night nightmare. And my wife and I, because you know of the, the nature of the schedule, we would stay up till one or two in the morning and we got hooked on some television shows, shows that had aired a long time ago, but I had never watched before and started taking an interest in. Well, they were terrible shows, but we watched them. As we watched them, I started to get this um, prick in my conscience, you might say, since I knew we were having a child. Are these the things that you would show your son or your children? And I started thinking, hmm, you know, I, I wouldn't do that. So if I wouldn't show it to my child, why am I watching it? Well, we started to make some changes like that, maybe not 100% educated, but we started to go down perhaps a better road. During this time, we had a second child, and that question continued to come to my mind. We realized we were outgrowing our apartment and decided to look for a home. And we found a home in a small community off the beaten path. And started to live our lives, spending time outdoors more and growing a garden and, you know, keeping in line with some of our healthful choices. And so here we have these two little kids and one on the way. (laughs) So our family was growing fast. The, I think it was after we had our third child, I was spending a lot of time on Facebook. In particular, I got hooked on a, a game called Farmville probably because I was, you know, in the country and starting to grow a garden. I thought, well, this is, you know, if I'm going to play a game, this seems like the game to play. Well, as I was perusing Facebook day after day, made friends with various people. And one of the people I made friends with, he had a nephew and his nephew posted some videos. These videos were of a man named Scott Meyer, who worked for a ministry called Little Light Ministries. I watched the videos and it really caused me to think because I had been wondering for a long time, I knew that there were things that weren't appropriate for a Christian to behold, but I didn't feel like I had a biblical reason why. And so I just continued to watch them and participate in those things anyway, because I didn't have you know, a really good reason other than you shouldn't do it. And I'm the kind of person that I think you need a more substantial reason than that for the things that you do. As I watched several videos, I came to understand that these videos were giving a biblical foundation on why we were to have clean, healthy minds as Christians. Part of that, a big part of that, was knowing Jesus is coming soon. Because Jesus is coming soon, he is looking for people who are in tune with him to be in tune with christ is to be in some ways very much out of tune with the world now we have to live in the world the bible says that it's very clear we live in the world but we're not a part of this world we are becoming citizens of a different kingdom and that kingdom looks differently it behaves differently so i had these reasons now where i whether i realized yes i want to have a clean mind because if i have a clean mind I can communicate with Christ, I can understand the things of his word better, and I'm in a better position when he comes to understand what's going on around me and the signs of the times and and also being in a position where I will appreciate that relationship more. The things of the world are designed to draw us and keep us. When they draw us and keep us, we lose our taste for religious things, you might say. I heard one person put it this way strawberries are very naturally sweet, and you can really enjoy a strawberry and its sweetness. But if you eat a candy bar prior to eating the strawberry, the strawberry is not going to taste very sweet because your tastes have been perverted or maybe overwhelmed so that you don't taste the sweetness of the strawberry. In fact, it becomes tart and you find yourself then wanting the thing that's more sweet. That's just kind of how we're geared. And so Christianity is very much that way. If we super saturate our appetites with the things of this world that are super sweet or sugary, then we're not going to appreciate the natural sweetness that is in Christianity. So I started thinking about all these things that I hadn't been watching and, and then realizing how much religious symbolism was in them how often many times christ was not represented well christians were not represented well even simple things that you might say are not so hidden things like the dads of families always being portrayed as you know ignorant bumbling figures who don't know anything and don't know how to run their households simple things like that well i had my reasons and they were good reasons they were biblical reasons and now i needed to act on them and so we started making changes in our home it wasn't long after that i started to feel a much stronger call or maybe a reawakened call to ministry and so i started applying to different ministries just out of the blue here i am i work at a chemical plant i don't have ministry credentials at all and I thought, well, if God is leading me, then I have to be willing to just put myself out there. So I polished up my resume and I sent it off to one organization. I knew a pastor there. In fact, he had been my former pastor. And I thought, well, you know, maybe, maybe this is my way in. I applied for a position that came up and we went back and forth. Turns out they didn't need that position at all. So they dissolved it and there was no need for uh, that position anymore. Well, I kept just going about life and trying to follow Christ uh, as best as I understood from the word. As I did that, I realized one thing, the ministry I had applied to was in California and I was born in Southern California, but the last place on earth I really wanted to go was California. So when I was applying to that ministry, I realized that third piece of the puzzle had come into place because I had to be willing to uproot my family and move. That ministry was located in Northern California. I reasoned that, well, if it's California, at least it's Northern California, not Southern California, because (laughs) I disliked Southern California the most. (laughs) Lots of traffic, lots of people, lots of crime, very fast paced. As it turns out, uh, God did lead me to Northern California, but through a much different route. The videos that I watch really stuck with me, and I started following this ministry, Little Light Ministries. I started looking at what they were doing and what they were putting out and realizing they were a small team. And I had a burden that, you know, maybe there's some way I can help them. I had some web development skills that I had kind of buried a long time ago. And I thought, well, maybe if I resurrect these, it's something that they can use. At the time, they were working with a marketer and he and I started communicating. He spoke about some website Um, things that needed to be done. And I asked him, I was like, well, what do, what do they need to be done? I'd like to take a look at it. So he sent me the proposal, which also had a price tag on it, which was very high. I looked at their website. I looked at the proposal and I said, it already does about half of what's on here. And I said, this is really expensive. So I started advising them that maybe they would want to try a different route. And I volunteered my services. I thought, well, you know, I can't give them a lot of money, but maybe I can give them my time and my skills. So i went started going down the path of helping out with their website this really started to uh, weigh on my heart in a much greater way and i wanted to help them more and more started answering emails for them and um i started doing you know what i could you know calendar management you know if, if that was something that was needed i just thought i can be helping hands you know it's a small ministry maybe they need some helping hands well God impressed me one time that I needed to be in full-time ministry. I'd been working at my job for, I think, five years, four or five years. I'd worked all the way up as far as I could go in my department. There was a cap on master chemists and I couldn't get that position because there was a hiring freeze. They had three and they didn't want any more. So I decided to move laterally in my company and I went to a More of a procurement type job, which was ordering chemicals and bottles and caps and all kinds of things. It came with a bit of a pay raise, but not much in the opportunity of company advancement. I didn't care at the time. I just wanted to get out of the lab and do something different. It changed my schedule. It was more of a normal schedule. And while I was there or before I started that the day, actually I started that, I remember it was January 15. the day I started that position. I called Little Light Ministries and I, you know, wanted to talk to somebody. The person gave me Scott's cell phone number. I called Scott. He was at home and I started telling him my story and pouring my heart out. It was kind of a funny conversation. I think we talked for about an hour. At the end of it, I asked him, does this sound crazy? And he said no, but he started asking me some questions. He said, well, do you know how to use uh, Photoshop? or create graphics. I said, no. Do you know how to edit video? No, I don't, I don't know how to do any of that. I used to play with software as a hobby. I'm pretty good with computers. I like to try new programs, but I didn't know how to do any of the things that he was interested in. And so he asked me, well, what do you do? And I told him, well, I, I work in agricultural chemistry. He didn't know what to do with that. (laughs) Perhaps the only thing that maybe was useful to them was I had started speaking at my local church a fair amount and so i offered that up i said well i i'm used to giving presentations so presumably if i I learn the material i can do presentations so they looked over some of my presentations and um eventually i get the thumbs up on that he just encouraged me well you know what start in your local area why don't you do something for your local church or um something like that so i did i did a couple And it didn't really amount to much. And I don't know that I really changed anybody's heart or mind or really much came of it, but I tried well, as I was helping them one day, they had a request come in for, I think it was Denver, Colorado. And they said, Hey, that's closer to you than it is to us. Do you want to try going on a speaking engagement in Denver, Colorado? So I said, okay, you know, here was my chance to. Go out and help them in a in a maybe what was a more significant way. So they had sent me some DVDs. I took those with me to try to market them to the people there. And you know I went. and it was an interesting experience. i I didn't do the best job in the world. I know that now, looking back, I had to learn a lot about going and speaking to these types of audiences. It's different than just getting up in front of your church, but I'd like to say that you know God blessed and and even years later, There are people that just, just the other month contacted me and said, Hey, we remembered you from Denver, Colorado area that you gave this presentation. And they called me back and asked me for some advice and to help out some other young man who needed some guidance. So in some ways it, it touched some people. And so I'm grateful that God was able to use uh, somebody like me in that way that led to other speaking engagements that were closer to my area so uh, one came up in chicago and i went there that made me a little more nervous because they told me there was going to be 300 people there but it was one of the best experiences i've ever had i've been to chicago uh two other times since and all related to that first one so i'm, I'm grateful for that that god could you know again use somebody like me who's not an expert uh, you know i'm just putting myself out there but Eventually that tug on my heart turned more serious. And I really was impressed that God wanted me to help them full-time and move to California, Northern California. So I prayed a very dangerous prayer. I said, Lord, if you want me to do that, you're going to have to sell my house. And I say that because I don't have time. I don't have time to advertise. I don't have time to call a realtor. I'm working. 40, 50 hours at my job. I have a family, a young family. I have all these responsibilities at church. Now I don't have time. You have to do it. About two weeks later, I got a phone call and that phone call sent chills up and down my spine because the lady on the other end said, I hear you're interested in selling your house. You know, there was a seed that was planted maybe six months prior to that. Seven months prior to that, I had spoken to a lady at church somebody I don't normally talk to, and I told her something I wouldn't normally tell her. I only told her, I feel like God is impressing me to sell my house. That was in January. I don't know why I told her that. I had no reason to tell her that, but I told her. And six months later, her daughter is the one that called me. So God really works in very mysterious ways. She was very curious about the location, so I told her where it was she decided to drive by and take a look. A couple of days later, she gave me a phone call. She said, I really like where this is at. I'd like to see the inside. So I said, okay. So in about a week's time, she got to see the inside. A couple of weeks later, she was calling us for an offer on our home and everything wrapped up in the right amount of time for tax purposes and all that kind of stuff. It all just happened and it happened very quickly. I was really amazed. You know, here I had prayed a prayer not thinking that God would answer in such a striking way, but he did well, you know, August came, we had to move out and I didn't really have time to find a place in California. So a temporary solution, we moved in with my mother-in-law and what I thought was going to be two months turned into 14. We discovered after we had agreed to sell the house that we were pregnant with our fourth child. (laughs) And it's then that my wife and I started asking ourselves, well, as winter approaches, And as we know, this baby's on the way, what's the best course of action. So we decided to stay and have the baby that way, you know, insurance and all that kind of thing was taken care of. So we did that. And I just kept looking continually looking, looking, looking. I didn't want to travel in the winter over the mountains to California. So, you know, our son, our, well, our last son was born. He's our third son. And that was in March. Time just kept ticking by. I'm communicating on a regular basis, trying to get out there. Difficult to find a place. It's expensive. Finally, I managed to secure a place, a rental. It was September. I paid for all of September and all of October just to secure the rent. And I think I had to put a deposit down too. So a lot of money. And during that time, I decided okay, well, the next step is to turn in my you know, resignation to my employer. I did that and you know, it was like, here we go. I, I called the guys and I worked out some things. And one day I got a phone call and that phone call said, there's something we think you should know before you move out here. And it was a very serious phone call. They said it was Brandon who used to work for the ministry. He said, nobody got paid this month. And I said, oh, (laughs) here I am with four children. I am preparing to move across the country and quit my current job to something that was very unknown. I had two choices at that point. I could go back to my employer and say, you know what? I'll keep my job or I could trust that God was leading. So my wife and I prayed about it and we discussed the matter. And I I came to the conclusion that God had already given us the evidence. I prayed. God answered. He answered in a very big way. You know, my, my cry to him was, I just don't want to lose money on this place. (laughs) And I said that because the time we sold our house, the United States was recovering from an economic depression. We sold our house in 2012. That's right on the heels of 2011, which was a terrible time economically. So the U S is still recovering. We had bought our house in a time that it was, it was fine. It was halfway decent. I didn't lose money on the house. Uh, We broke even. God was good but I didn't make money on it either. <laughs> so we realized that God was leading and we moved forward in a situation that looked crazy but we reasoned, hey, here's a ministry. It can't be that way every month otherwise they wouldn't exist. We had been pretty good with what the Lord had entrusted us with as far as finances. We had some savings. We knew we could weather, you know, a few months if necessary and we were debt free. Uh, No school loans, no, nothing owed on our cars or anything like that. So we moved forward and we moved our family to California and we landed on the last day in October. So I basically paid two months rent for not even being there, but we secured a place. Well, there we were. And you know, I, I went to work just essentially being the hands and feet. I wasn't there to produce videos or, or run a camera or anything like that. My thought at the time was, I can answer emails, I can answer the phone, I can do shipping, you know let let the professionals do all the work I'm just here to make sure they have time to work. God works in strange ways. I continued to to help with a website because yes, I knew how to do that, and yeah, I did the helping hands part of it and about the time I landed. We started working on a documentary. Well, they had already started, but it came time for some of the you might say story to be filmed. It was a project called the dragon Revealed, which is about the martial arts. It's following the part one is following the life of a man named Eric Wilson, who spent 25 years or so in the martial arts. So it was telling his story. It just so turned out that I had spent 10 years in the martial arts. And so guess who got to be Eric? That was me. And I, you know, was able to help make things look authentic throughout the documentary and also share in that part of eric's life so it was great timing you know here we landed and here we needed to film this piece and and all of that you can watch that on youtube for free it's called the dragon revealed part one just go to little light studios on youtube and you should be able to find that pretty pretty easily it's a interesting documentary It's a fun project to work on so you know here i was and here here we were a ministry that a few people had gone in and out in and out and It was just a team of four then, but God blessed. God took care of us. And I can't say during that time, that space and time that we always got paid. Small ministry, it's rough sometimes, you know, but I can say this, my children have never gone hungry. They've never gone without. We've always had what was needed to provide. And even early in our marriage, we went through a couple of spells like that, where neither one of us were employed. It was a little bit of a scary time, but somehow we always managed to make our rent. And by food and amazingly, we never had to dip into our savings, how that happened. I'm, I'm not even sure that was incredible to me. Well, um, fast forward a few years, you know, we have this team and a couple of the members left for a couple of different reasons. It got down to Scott and myself. We realized we needed more people, especially him. He's handicapped now that he has me because. I had to learn to edit, <laughs> I wasn't a camera guy. And so here, you know, he's got somebody and maybe they can run a website, but that was about it. Well, I had an opportunity to learn and with Scotty's help, I learned to edit and have done quite a bit since then. And I've learned a lot more things, started to learn how to run a camera and, and things like that. Not that I'm the best at it or, you know, your number one go-to guy, but I know some things. With the two of us left though, it did start to bring some questions about what to do. One of the parts of Little Light's story that I find particularly amazing was um God was opening up a new chapter and we didn't know that at the time that the other two had departed. And those two were original founding members. We were forty thousand dollars in debt, and that was kind of a scary place to be, but God decided to open up some doors for us unexpectedly. We made a couple of decisions, took on some work. And God blessed in an amazing way. And I don't say that to cast any kind of shadow or bad light on the other members. For all I know, God was just ready to do it at that time and would have done it no matter who was on the team. I'm not saying that happened because they left or anything like that, but I think it was just God's timing. He was ready to do something. And so we amazingly paid off our debt in about two and a half months, which is quite a feat. During that time, we had ourselves been able to get paid. And since that time, Little Light has been financially stable. We joined up with another ministry and moved across the country to Tennessee. We were making this partnership. It didn't quite work out how we thought it was going to, but we're still friends today. We did it for about seven months and decided, you know what? We're just going to go back to Little Light, the work that God had originally called us to. That was five years ago. And we look back in reflection, truly amazed at what God has done today. We have a team of 10 people or nine, nine or 10 people, and we have no debt. And God has been sustaining and blessing this ministry. And as of January, we have purchased our own building that we will be moving into about mid year. So in, in June or so we should be in our building. So it's truly amazing to come come into a ministry and watch God work. Really, all I have done is follow his leading. And when you follow God's leading, amazing things can happen.
0: Before you continue, that's a good note on which to interject. When you follow God's leading, amazing things can happen. I don't want you to lose your chain of thoughts, but you know, many individuals, you could continue on from here, Find it difficult to trust when God is leading because, as you said, you were resigning, selling your house. When you hear about the financial forecast, it looked bleaky, but you still continued. And I would want to ask, you know, why did you continue? I continued because I had evidence.
1: If I asked God a question and God answers in a way that only God can answer, then it only makes sense to trust Him. He has already provided the proof. Now, I wouldn't say my testimony is unique or anything. I think lots of people have testimonies like this. But what I will say is this. We hear lots of testimonies of people who went out into the world and experienced the world, and they were in music or Hollywood or fashion or what have you, and they did that, and they realized the world has nothing to offer. There's parts of my testimony I didn't go into that were more worldly. I alluded to that a little bit with some of the media in my life at the time, but I wasn't that individual. I'm probably more like you could say most people, okay? Most people in Christianity don't really just leave. And a lot of us think we don't have these amazing, miraculous testimonies like the ones we want to hear. We want to hear the ones that are these absolute total conversions. God took them from the grime and muck of the world and set them up, and now they're preaching to lots and lots of people. But there are amazing testimonies, I think, among ordinary individuals who are in Christianity, and they never really left. Maybe they had you know, some brushes in the world here and there, but out of all of it, either way, whether, whether you come from there or you're here, you have to trust God either way. And so I think my type of a testimony is the testimony that represents most people in Christianity where it's like, well, I haven't done anything grand and glorious. I haven't made millions of dollars on a music contract or, you know, things like that. I haven't done anything that I would say is extraordinary, but what I have done is something that anybody can do. And that is you can follow when God leads. And that, I think, is a very important lesson. I think it's an inspiring lesson. And God has a path for each one of us. The Bible says, I know the plans that I have for you, you know, to prosper you, to give you a future and a hope. We don't know what those plans are. God knows, but we need to be in tune with his plan or leading, whatever it is. And he may take us on an amazing adventure that we never expected. You may start out in a mediocre, what you would call a mediocre experience in Christianity, and God can catapult you to great and incredible heights. We don't know. But if we let God lead, God can do amazing things. And you might think that the thing that God asks you is small. Nothing is small. God does everything for a reason. Maybe God is leading you to witness to your neighbor. That is not as small a feat is God taking you from out of the world and bringing you back. Everything that God leads you to do, if he's in it, it's miraculous. God is doing the work. And so if he leads you to your neighbor and you witness to your neighbor and your neighbor's converted, that's a miracle because the Bible tells us about the human heart. It says the, the heart is uh, deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. And that's Jeremiah 17, 9. And what it tells us is that Above all things in this world, your own heart will lie to you more than anything else. That is incredible. We cannot listen to our hearts. We have to have our thinking recalibrated. That's what the Bible's for. So, I'm just a guy, and I'm not better than anybody else. I'm not smarter than anybody else. I'm not, um, you know, I haven't, I haven't done anything in the arts greater than anybody else. I'm just a guy, and. I listened when God called, he laid some things on my heart. And I said, that makes a lot of sense, God, I really should do it your way. And when you do it God's way and let him lead, who knows what doors he will open for you. In fact, I'll share this part of it. One of my dreams you might say was I always wanted to travel. Okay. I wanted to see the world. The Bible says that God gives you the desires of your hearts. I believe that those desires are best fulfilled when you're following his plan. And had I stayed at my job, even working my way up, if that was possible, likely I would have never traveled anywhere for any reason. But as it is now, I have been to every continent but one and I've been to multiple countries. I've ministered to multiple people groups. That is an incredible experience And I've been really grateful to share and experience and be a part of those people's lives. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful gift that God gave me because I chose to follow where he leads. So maybe you find yourself in that position. You know, maybe you think I'm I'm nobody. I'm just an ordinary individual. God is not necessarily looking for qualifications <laughs> you know he will equip you if he calls you and today i i've you know developed some speaking skills out of this you know I've, I've probably been speaking now to public audiences for about 20 years between my what started in church and you know graduated to today so i'm i'm used to that i've developed a skill out of it which i'm grateful for And that god can use that's the only reason for it it doesn't do me any good just to have a public speaking skill for no reason but if it's for god's honor and glory then there's a reason behind it and i'm grateful that he was able to develop that so you know if you think what can i do i would say well listen listen to what god has god laid something on my heart it was very personal to me and i believe that god speaks to people today in tremendous ways I even believe God will speak right directly to your mind and say things specifically to you. I'll give you an example. During the time that I was in college and I had met this young lady, Rachel, I knew that if I was going to take a path back towards God, that it was a perfect opportunity for Satan to come in and mess things up. And one of the best things that he could do was put a person in my life that was a distraction. So I thought, uh uh-huh, I know what to do. I'll let God take care of it. And so I put it before the Lord and I said, you know what? I want to come back to you. But if this girl is a distraction, I'm giving you permission to remove her out of my life. That was a bit of a painful thing to pray because I had become fond of her. I liked her. She was good company. And, you know, I had, I had some feelings for her after I was done praying that prayer. God spoke directly to me. And he told me very specifically that she would become a member of my church. I thought that was very strange. I wondered where it came from. I wonder if I just made it up. Like, was I thinking that? Why would I think that? I mean, I'm very analytical. So I, I started to, you know, really weigh this out. I didn't tell anybody, I just kind of kept it in my heart. Well, time went on. She actually told me she at one point she would never become a member of my church. It wasn't long after that, I think I recall, that we had a a bit of a squabble, a fight. And I think it was over something religious. We had been in the habit of calling each other every night. And I decided to be really stubborn and dig my heels in. And I thought, well, I'm not going to call her. You know, we had this fight. I'm not going to make contact with her. And at that point, I started to realize, wow, does that mean this is over? Does that mean what God told me was just me, that it wasn't true? Maybe I was just imagining it. And the thought bothered me and I decided to pray about it. And I prayed a very simple prayer. I said, God, I don't know whether that was you or not, but if that really was you, have her call me in the next five minutes. She did. And at that point I said, okay, God, not gonna doubt you. I'm good here on out. I don't know how long it's going to take. I don't know how everything's going to shape up, but I trust you because you've answered. So it was a few months after we got married and we pulled into our apartment building after being at some friend's house where this friend of ours was giving a testimony about how he had joined the the church that that I was attending. I thought my wife was uncomfortable, so I made an excuse to leave. Turns out she was very interested I didn't know that I wasn't picking up on the clues. So when we pulled into our apartment that night, she said, I want to study Daniel and revelation with you. I was flabbergasted, but I knew one thing that was the first step to God answering the prayer that I prayed so long ago. And it didn't take as long as I thought it was going to. And so when we had our son dedicated, which was just, I think, uh, let's see, How old was he? I I think he was a few months old. I could be totally wrong. She joined the church that I was a part of. So again, I'm just an ordinary guy, but God spoke to me. I asked questions and God answered. And I think God will do the same for anybody. You know, if you want to know what direction to go in your life, I don't think that's the only way to go about it. Obviously, we have God's word that's there for guidance. And certainly along the way, as I'm asking questions and, and things. I'm learning principles along the way. I am learning and strengthening my faith. That's, that's certainly a big, big part of it. I was studying my Bible quite a bit more, and I would say I learned a lot in a short amount of time. And as I learned and as I followed, God blessed with more and more and more. So I wouldn't say that prayer is a substitution for God's word if it's plainly stated. Obviously, we have the answer. But in situations that are maybe unique or unusual, certainly I think God can, can lead and guide. And I believe that he will. And certainly as, as my coworker, Scott, puts it, you know, if God doesn't, you have the right to ask him in heaven, hey, what's going on? <laughs> I prayed about this, you know, why didn't you answer? But God is good. God is gracious. And God will certainly lead us in amazing ways. So here I've been in full-time ministry for eight years now. and. It's hard for me to imagine doing something else. It's incredible how God has led and guided. So I hope that can be a blessing to somebody and hope they can realize out of that, God can use anybody, you know.
0: Yes, there's a song, I I don't know it well, but there's a line in it that says, we're just ordinary people. And you mentioned that your testimony is simple. But when we think of the prophet Daniel, he didn't go anywhere. He was a faithful follower of, of God. But as he followed, as he obeyed, we know what kind of prophet he became one of the most powerful prophets that we have in history. So indeed, God uses ordinary people. And I really love what you say. He's not interested in qualifications, but he will equip you. So yeah. you are singing at church, you are presenting at church or wherever, that is a training ground for you. Well, listeners, we have to pause it here. My guest today is Keith Detweiler. He's presenter producer at Little Light Studios. If you have been blessed and inspired, and would like to hear more, then join us again next week for the continuation. Subscribe to weekly episodes on the Apple, AWR, Loud Voice, Spotify, Stitcher, or Podcast Guru apps. You're also welcome to visit Upward Way Facebook page, click like, and leave a comment. Until then, I am Marlon Walters saying goodbye. May God bless you. You've been listening to the Upward Way podcast, the number one audio production show for people who want encouragement and reassurance in a muddled world.